is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Uh-oh. You made it to the Friday. The Friday edition of the bullpen. Look at that smile. That smile means I'm leaving in an hour to go home. That's exactly what that <laughs> smile means. Hey, I get here at like 3-something I know. You just told me about your 315 experience. Yeah, You're yeah. 315 in the morning hanging out with the animals watching TV before you go to work. SVU was I'm on like, this morning, and I, and I thought, man, it would be good to just sit here and watch this all day. I went to bed two hours before that. I wish. <laughs> I miss the days when I could stay up late. I really do. Bro, when I'm up at 1 o'clock, I'm cranky. But I haven't done that. Oh, yeah. Like, today, I've been cranky. I got. I found out I got porch pirated yesterday. Well, that's enough to and make a man And then I was up late, and I didn't get much sleep, so I'm groggy. Feeling good, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my what? My team, my baseball team sucks. Mm, Could have been better. Yeah. Could have been better for you. My, uh, my, the, the fan base on Twitter uh, was rightfully owned yesterday by a certain few people, but that's a whole different story. You're talking about the Seattle Mariners fan base? Yes. We'll have to talk about that. There's a few bad eggs that uh, rightfully got uh, owned on Twitter. So That's too bad. I'm just apologizing for the fans who don't act like that. Well, that's you. You, you can. You I know can, you, you can get, look you get with the good and the you bad. You can still, but you still have something to look forward to. That's true. It's not over until three Saturday. games are won. <laughs> until Saturday, you're not optimistic anymore, are you? I don't know. You've we'll lost see. a fight, man. I, I, You've I, lost your fire. I think. I think Saturday is as good of chance as any because of the pitching matchup is not like how it's been the first two games. Yeah. Uh, f- yeah. No, Framber Val. I know CJ. What is it? CJ McCullers is going for Game Three. Lance. Lance McCullers, yeah. not really scared of him compared to uh, Verlander and Valdez, so I'm really hoping there's an actual shot there. But also, thankful to get away from your trash-ass Crawford box. What the hell is that? Look, That, that is a softball let's stadium. Say what, say what you want. That is a softball-designed stadium for a professional baseball league. It is stupid. 315, really? I don't care how high that wall okay, is. Okay, well, Alvarez home run was 371 feet. It would have gone out regardless of whether it was a short porch in left field or or center field at uh, the, the in Oakland. Not in game one when he hit it off the wall and it was a double. Well, maybe not That should have been a Oakland. fly ball. I know you make up for it with your freaking 500-foot center field, right. but come on. Right. 315, really? It's not as bad as, as, the, as the right field line at Fenway Park, one of the most legendary ballparks in all of the history of the world, it's like 297 down yeah, right well, field. That should at, be at fixed Pesky's too. Pole. Same with right field and Yankee Stadium. All of those need to be fixed. You know what needs makes to happen? it more professional. Your guys need to learn how to take <laughs> advantage of that. I know. I was screaming that the whole game. Why every right-handed hitter could not hit a home run yesterday blew my mind for both teams. Yeah, 315. Yeah, that is nothing. Yeah. It is 300 in softball. At Craig Field. I, I will tell you down, this, though. Downtown. It is a lot of fun to sit and watch a ball game in the Crawford box, oh, as sure I have done is. it many times. I'm sure it is. Uh, Nothing against the fans who and, get and, to hang out there. It's a cool view. And sitting there the during fans. batting practice is a lot of fun, too. Oh, I'm sure. You know, they come soaring your way. Yeah. I, I've sat in the Crawford boxes several times. I got sat with my mom one time, too, at least. Uh, how, but, far yeah. is, uh, how far is uh, the Green Monster? The Monster? Gosh. Oof. Like, Three fifty-five, yeah, no, it's no, not I don't that think, far. It's not even it? that far away because it's also really high. So they, you know, it's close. Yeah, it's not even that far away. Uh, but but that's that's a difficult one to play. 
I love how how you can look at the monster and they've got they've got ball divots going back <laughs> decades. Millennia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great. I, I, that's that's the kind of thing that I don't want to lose in baseball. For sure. That's one of the things I didn't want to lose in the original Yankee Stadium. Same kind of thing. I'm well. I'm just glad they. Uh, updated it to allow fans to be on there instead yeah. of just that stupid rope where right. balls go to die. Right. Yeah, and that's one place I have not been able to sit. One uh, day, man. One day. One day you'll get that. But I have had great seats at Fenway before. Right, I've never got to right hang out at Fenway. second row behind the on-deck circle. The one time we went to Fenway, my mom tried to sneak in one of the garage doors and was immediately met by like three people going, excuse me, ma'am, what are you doing? Where are you going? Oh, she's like, oh, there's no game today, right? We're just going to go check out the field. No, 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 no. Yeah. Nah, 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 or the boss don't, nah, nah, it's nah, not you get out of here, you, want, <laughs> you go back, you go to the, the. I don't know, I'm trying to do a Boston accent, I can't do Just it. don't do that when you're around them, they take that personal. Oh, I know, trust me. I had to tell my wife that, we were on a, we were on a train, and, and she decides she want to pull that off. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not that, I would not do that. So, uh, so definitely uh, more b- baseball talk on the way, but uh, thought we'd kick things off with a name that uh, we have not actually ever mentioned here in the bullpen. Deshaun Watson. Oh. You hear the latest with this thing. I thought you were going to say somebody else. No, the latest with this thing. uh, No, is there more development? Another woman has filed a civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, Uh. alleging the suspended Cleveland Browns QB pressured her into certain acts during a massage session in the COVID year 2020. Why now? Where's she been? I don't know. But it is the 26th lawsuit now filed against Watson, accusing him of inappropriate sexual misconduct or sexual assault during massages. So this suit was filed in Harris County. Surprise. Mm -hmm. He's accused of soliciting the woman over Instagram with a direct message for a massage at a Houstonian hotel room in December of 2020, in the COVID year of our Lord, 2020. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, (laughs) While he was playing for the Texans. Uh, The the lawsuit states that during the session, Watson, quote, continually pressured the woman into massaging Mm. his area before removed his towel and offered her to do stuff. So according to the suit, <laughs> it's hard to get through I this know, because this I is know, kind of a, it's kind it's, of a graphic it's very report. very graphic, yeah. yes. Uh, but uh, the plaintiff refused to, to have uh, uh, relations with him, full-blown relations, but he did pressure her into some other things. Uh, paid her $300, even though her normal charge was 115 bucks an hour for a massage. She says she suffered severe depression and anxiety ever since the alleged attack, or incident, I should say, not attack. Sure. Although you could argue it's an attack. Uh, I mean, it's attack on the psyche. That's what I mean. Really, that's what I mean, and, yeah. that, and that's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, that can really mess with you for a long time. Uh, now he, of course, as we know, has settled twenty three of these lawsuits against him uh, over this past summer. One remains outstanding, still, uh, according to uh, Tony Busby, the but, plaintiff's attorney, who's also represented other women that who have sued. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Texans settled with thirty plus. Correct. Uh. Outside of the lawsuit, the Texans just, they, reached settlements with an even thirty women. Thirty yeah, women, okay. thirty women who made claims or uh, were prepared to make them against the NFL uh, organization, or, mm-hmm. or for what Busby, uh, the attorney Busby said, uh, was enabling of Watson's behavior. So yeah, thirty. And the New York Times reported over the summer that the Texans had arranged Watson to see massage therapist in a Houstonian hotel room. So you could argue the that that enabling argument is there. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, um, no, no argument here. Uh, and then the the interesting irony of all this is that when this 11-game suspension comes to an end, the first game back will be against the Houston Texans. 
So he's repeatedly denied. These, I wonder. These I wonder so. if that was put into any consideration when they were doing the Gee, you think, sentencing. You think? Yeah, you think? Uh, he he has, as of this week, been allowed to uh, to re-enter the training facility after being banned since the thirtieth of August. I'm sure he was welcomed with open arms. Probably too. won't be able to practice with the team though until the fourteenth of November. Yeah. My eyes and can't not go eligible. back any further in my brain after saying that. Guy, why would you want somebody like that on your team? It's just. It's just no thanks, man. I would hope that most guys on there don't and understand the situation, but you also, at the same time, have to be a good teammate. You have to look good in front of the cameras, and you have to play well because it's your job. But I don't know. I got to I gotta feel like there's going to be some divisiveness in this locker room eventually. It's just going to spill. It has to. I mean... There's not not all not everyone there is going to be happy that he's there regardless of how good he is as a football player. Right. right. And eventually that's going to leak out whether it takes a year or two. Man, nothing stays nothing stays in that locker room. I it's just, you know, I understand that that uh I mean all of these are uh, not all of a lot of these are just, you know, allegations that have not been, you know, some of them well, most of them have been settled, I yes. should say. But uh you don't, se- I don't, know, you I don't, don't settle with a non-guilty person. I just feel like this is, it's just not going to make for a good environment in the locker room. How could it? Why, why would you want to be around that? Exactly. You know? I wouldn't want to be around that. Now, the, uh, according to the NFL, this lawsuit doesn't, uh, doesn't alter Watson's current status. That, however, could change. Uh, chief spokesman uh, for the NFL, Brian McCarthy, told Pro Football Talk, we'll monitor developments in the newly filed litigation. Any conduct that warrants further investigation or possible additional sanctions would be addressed within the personal conduct policy. Uh, but uh, beyond any new claims, his return could be delayed based on whether uh, whether and to what extent he complies or fails to comply with the terms of his current discipline. Potential for more suits lingers, though, and will continue to until it uh, looks like two, it's got to be the two-year anniversary of the very last alleged mas- massage encounter, which... If the timeline holds, would be March of 2023. Wow, so, feels longer. So feels a lot longer. The, the threat of suit lingers all the way up until March of 2023. Yay! <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going with this forever. We're gonna never not talk about this for as long as he's in the NFL. That's why I wouldn't so. want to play with the guy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I get he's good, but well, nobody's that's that good. Not an environment I'd want to be in. No offense to Cleveland, I'm sure it's a great place, also, but that's not a place I'd want to be in at all. And especially because Ohioans or whoever keeps putting those billboards up, being like, come on and live with us. Yeah, It's too cold over there. Look, I'll go on record right now and say, uh, no matter the reason, no matter the reason, I don't want to live in Cleveland. Just, you know. I mean, they do have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is is cool. Yeah. I'd like to visit Ohio, but I don't I'd like to visit Cleveland just just to say that I, you know, I went to Cleveland. Ohio! Right. Right. Cleveland rocks. Doesn't it? Drew Carey. Uh, so, do you hear what happened with the, this whole Tom Brady kicking situation today? No, I did not. So, the NFL has been looking at Atlanta Falcons defensive tackle uh, Grady Jarrett's disputed uh, roughing the passer penalty okay. on Tom Brady. As they should. And looking to determine whether or not Brady retaliated in kind with a kick. And apparently today they have ruled yes. Oh. And he has been fined $11,139. Oh <laughs> Whoop de doo. That's like eleven cents for him. He's, like, give me a break. He stuffs his pillows with more than that. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Give me a come on. Eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, that's he's really gonna learn his lesson there. A, a nightly dinner with uh with with Giselle Where did he kick cost, him? cost more than that. Did he like was it like an air kick? Does he was there an attempt and he missed, or did he actually kick him? All right, so so you remember uh, Jared got flagged for slinging Brady to the ground in that twenty one fifteen win on Sunday. Sure. And it looked like Brady tried to to kick Jared. They were both getting up. 
and he kind of just flung his leg out. It looked like, you know, he, I, I think he did, but he didn't make contact. So it was just an attempted kick. Uh, when asked if he was aware that Brady might have tried to kick him, uh, Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles said he didn't see any of it. He couldn't answer the question. Of course he didn't see. He never saw anything that Tom Brady does. Not not nearly as bad as the roughing the passer fines. $15,000 for the first offense, $20,000 for the second. By the way, if Brady were to kick again, $15,500 would be the fine that second time. Tom Brady, man. Okay. Yeah. Tom Brady. Sure. All right. Yeah. I guess that's. I'm surprised they even. I guess that's really gonna you know put a dent in their pocketbooks when they're making sixty million a year. Yeah. But so eleven thousand dollars. Look, hey, I'll take eleven thousand dollars. Give it to me right now. You won't see me for a month. I. I can make that go a long way. Yeah. Well, look at what we chose. The life we chose. You we know. Love, but we love it. And indeed, we do. We love it. So, did you watch this game last night? This Thursday night football debacle. Yet another disgusting uh, display. There was an attempt. Uh, I did watch the entire second quarter. Um, nobody scored. Nobody did anything. So, I moved on. So, the it Bears was not, were... It was not very enjoyable to watch. Bears were a very... Pretty close. They were orange. They were definitely orange. And yes... And social media is all over that. I'm sure they were. They are. They have been since they first unveiled them. They looked not too inspiring. But 392 yards for the Bears, seven points. <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> 0 for 3 in the red zone they were. Um, and, Sorry, and Johnny Rude. Things just didn't. I know. Hey, we love Johnny. But we your, do. Your team sucks. Buddy. He knows. Your team sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was yet another awful display of Thursday night football. Now, but Al, apparently Al it wasn't enough for Al Michaels just, to, to walk out the door. I was eh? about to say, Al Michaels lied to you. He did lie to me because that was a trash game and he's still here. So, yeah. Uh, That's okay. There's really not even that much to say about the game. I don't really. There I was, couldn't really tell you much exciting. more about it. Yeah. There were a couple of moments. Uh, Chicago blew it right there in, the, in their final drive. I think they had an opportunity. Uh, that's about it. Game came over. It was, it was awful. It was a good game on both sides. Looks like they both had fun. Uh, Panthers stopped short of officially ruling Baker Mayfield out today, but there's not really any reason to believe he's going to be playing against the Rams this weekend. He was out of the walking boot he's been wearing, protecting his ankle, but uh, didn't didn't take part in the session uh, at all practice this week. He's uh, listed as doubtful. Probably makes it all but certain that uh, P.J. Walker is going to make his first start of the oh, season. Oh, baby. Go, P.J. Hey, look, if he can play like he did in the, what was it, the XFL, man, why not? Why, why not? not you, P.J.? Do it. Why not, indeed? Uh, so, got a pretty exciting matchup on Sunday night. I'm excited about this one as the 4-1 and Cowboys head up to Pennsylvania to take on the 5-0 and Philadelphia. Oh, Eagles. is that this weekend? That is, is this that weekend. this Sunday night? Is, Are you sure? And I'm pretty sure these teams love each other. They, they have so. a history of loving one another, yes. the Cowboys and Eagles do. That's they don't nice ever fight. It. Fans just, you know, they... they, they High fives all around, guys. High fives, High fives, all, fives all, around. all around. Thumbs up. You've done good. Wait, that's triggering now. Crap. So uh, Cowboys coming into this one, an underdog, although Mike McCarthy has told reporters we ain't nobody's underdog. Hmm. So I've heard. That's what he said. Now, I don't buy it. <laughs> Not against this Eagles team. But, uh, you, I mean, this is going to be – I think this is going to be a, a, a great – Game. This has this has all the makings of a of a a, a pretty good showdown here. Uh, you you got any you got any picks on this one? Um, 
I kind of told Beto yesterday that I felt like if uh, I'm trying to find a I'm trying to find a way to I don't know I feel like it's good or bad if the Cowboys win. Honestly, it's bad because obviously if they if if they it's good if they win because a win's a win against definitely a five and zero Eagles team. But it's bad at the same time because not only it was it a good win, most likely Cooper Rush had a good game to beat the Eagles. And then that quarterback controversy is only going to get amplified. So I kind of hope that the – and I think the Eagles will win. Troy Eggman says if the Cowboys win on Sunday that they need to go ahead and just keep Rush at QB1. He needs to shut up. <laughs> Why is he talking? He's talking because he he just wants to be part of the controversy. Because he's with ESPN now, so he's got to have his, his say in everything. Okay. I know he's a former quarterback of this team, but shut up. <laughs> All right. Don't, you're not part of this team now, guy. You're part of ESPN, all right? You don't need to you don't need to poke your finger in this. That's fair enough. This has nothing to do with you. That's fair enough. So, let me I ask- know we talked about he had he went through the same experience a long time ago, but that was different. This is different. Stop talking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm good now. So, if the Cowboys win, does that make them a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Yeah. You think so? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones was actually asked this same question. Listen, I'm going to come up with an original reply to that. We ain't underdogs to nobody. <laughs> I did love that from Mike Thank McCarthy. You, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's going to trigger a lot of Mike McCarthy haters right there, though. That's uh, that's 105 through the Thank fan you, Matt right there McCarthy. in Dallas, by the way. Uh, so I, I think they definitely do. Uh, and and I mean, Dallas has shut down opposing offenses this season. They rank third in scoring defense, seventh in yards allowed, and and passing yards allowed. Um, hasn't been a stout against the run, but hadn't really mattered all that much thanks to the Cowboys' ability to put opposing offense behind schedule. Uh, they got Micah Parsons, who leads the NFL with 24 Q- uh, QB pressures. He's leading the way. Cowboys allowing just 14.4 points per game through Week 5. Lowest average through the first five games of the season since 1994. That is a Super Bowl-caliber c- defense right there. If you're scoring under 15 a game, it's good if you're between like 16 and 18 range. But if you're a 14, mm-hmm. you're only giving up two touchdowns per average per game. Damn, that's really good. And Dallas is So even a competent offense will get you to where you want to go. Dallas has been pounding on the ground a lot more, too. Uh, they went from running the ball 28.1% of the plays in Week 1 to 64.2% of the plays in Week 5. And you've got Elliott and Pollard making a, a, quite a, a, a one-two punch in the backfield there. Yeah, and that's saying something because you know other teams are going to hone in on the, on the running backs because they want Cooper Rush to beat them. Right. And the fact that they can't stop the running game should encourage uh, Cowboys fans very much. They got the uh, league's 10th, 10th ranked rushing defense. So, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Philadelphia. Offense? Philadelphia's got okay. the 10th ranked. So, so. this will be a good key to see where I think I think this will be a good key to see where uh, Cooper Rush is at because uh, if if they shut down the run, like top 10 run defense, if they shut down the run defense, it's going to have to be on Cooper. And they can't be conservative this week. They have to open up the playbook. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, and C.D. Lamb, by the way, says uh, he's not worried whether or not Darius Slay follows him Sunday night or not. But I'm going to show him up regardless. He says he's looking forward to it. So, and he's one of the star corners in the NFL, Slay is. So we'll see if he backs it up. All right. Uh, I like the Cowboys' chances to hang in it. I don't like their chances to win it, unfortunately. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Giddy up. Uh, sad news out of the world of baseball. Uh, we've lost uh, one of the greats on the mound, and uh, we've got a recap 
And uh, we do have a game underway right now. We're going to head to the ballpark. 512-834-1027 is the number. Give us a call here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen here on this Friday afternoon. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins. Number. Oh, There it is. Hello. Button works. Yeah, there's right. a button. 512-834-1027 is the number. We're we'll talking about baseball. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. Although, unfortunately, i got to begin on a bit of a somber note. Sad news today out of uh, Cardinals Nation. Uh, Lost another great. Yeah, the uh, the death of Hall of Famer Howard Bruce Souter at the age of 69. He was uh, inducted to the National Baseball Hall of Fame back in 06 as uh, just the fourth reliever ever enshrined and the first player to have never started a game in his entire career to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Suda was a six-time cool. six-time All-Star. Yeah, uh, 1979 NL Cy Young Award winner. Uh, his uniform number 42 is one of 14 numbers retired by the St. Louis Cardinals. Real shame. Uh, he uh, pitched for the Cardinals from 81 to 84 after being acquired from the Cubs. Back That's got to be a little 1980. awkward. He's he's got 42 as well. Oh, like Jackie Robinson. Yeah, like Jack, that's Jackie Robinson's that's right. number. But he wore it first. That's right. Before they retired, yeah. baseball wide. Oh man, I wonder if I don't know. Hmm. We get this during the 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 strike. There was so 1981. There was a strike that shortened the season. Right. He saved 25 games that year. That was the most by a St. Louis pitcher since the save became an officially recognized stat in 1969. Uh, he used to sprint out from the bullpen <laughs> for every 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 uh, every time he came out. Uh, he recorded uh, 36 saves in 1982 uh, and uh, struck out Gorman Thomas to wrap up Game 7 of the World Series. So, anyway, sad news. Uh, 12 seasons. and uh, R.I.P., Mr. Suter. Yes, indeed. You were a great one. Also sad news for, uh, well, more so you from, than me, and I, I'm not really not trying to rub it in, but I, I just I know this is not how you envision things going for your Seattle Mariners who now uh, find themselves down 2-0. You were you were pretty. I asked. I will you, say this. I will say this. It's been a good series. It's been a good series. It has. There has just been a couple pitches that have just not gone our way, which has completely screwed us over. Like the three run shot in, or the two run, the three run shot for the walk off. Mm, Look, they, we were one. we were one out away from winning that game. Y'all played a better game than yeah. than Houston did. Game yeah. two, both pitchers, both starting pitchers were phenomenal. Just a couple pitches from both guys. I know I see Framber kind of gets a little in his head a bit when things don't a go lot his way, in which, his is, head. which is an issue, and it really kind of screwed him over yep. yesterday. Yep. But just one bad pitch by Castillo gave Jordan his softball home run. Jordan. That, that I'm not going to – I will not take that away. You throw, you hit it in the Crawford box, and it doesn't hit the wall. It's a softball home run. Jordan Alvarez. Although he is going to go down as one of the best Astros in the oh, no. history of their franchise. And I'll tell you this. There's this odd – Thing as he's aging a little bit in in the league now, when he's up there at the plate, I get shades of David Ortiz from him. You just know he's going to hit something big every single time. He even if you looks to like him, Bobby. He's going to hit something big. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go far. It may get caught, but it's still going to go very far. So he beat he beat you guys twice on, in game one. And well, game two. I don't know. The Astros played a much better game yesterday. Bregman gave them a good. Uh, 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 insurance run, but look, they still only scored four four runs. Castillo Castillo was dealing yesterday. This team, both these teams, have the capability of scoring five six runs a game, mm-hmm. or at least close to that. So both teams, you know, were yes, both games were a product of pitching, sort of the sort of the first game, 
there's more more so the second game. And just a couple pitches from both sides just is what completely did them in. But you that, know, you've been able to out out you know play well, that. I, and and I think that some of that has got to factor into just the Astros postseason experience. I yeah, I, it all goes into effect. Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, this is our first year. This is a lot of guys' first time in the playoffs, regardless of what team they've been on before. Right now, before the Mariners. They hadn't been to the playoffs. But Castillo, uh, I mean, he really only one mistake uh, through the first five-plus innings. He left a slider over the middle, yep. and Kyle Tucker made him pay. Yep. Uh, okay, also, pretty sure that should have been a fly ball, too, because everyone thought it was a fly ball. Yeah. That ball went 200 feet in the air, must have caught a nice little wind gust there at the top, and just and just went out. That was a crazy home run. Yeah. Uh, things got a little... Uh, here's where I think things were falling apart for the Astros, and this was in the top of the fourth. And it was 1-1. Uh, Suarez was on first. Mitch Hanniger up the plate. Mm. He dr- drives one down the, the you know the third base line. And he Ricochets ends up, off the wall. He ends up on second. Suarez on third. Uh, and then uh, at that point, that, that set up Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana, base hit, gives you a lead. Swinging a chopper back to the mound, taken by the pitcher. The throw to the plate is wide. It gets on by Maldonado. Suarez will score. Hanniger to third. Throw down to second. Now they have Santana in the rundown between first and second. Altuve with the ball, racing, and he puts the tag on the back of Santana. The Mariners get a run out of it. Suarez will score from third. A chopper back toward the left side of the mound. Valdez got to it, fired to the plate, but it was wide. It got on by Maldonado. And then came Dylan Moore. And the wide throw by Valdez, and here is Dylan Moore. Now you got the go-ahead run in Hanniger. Swinging a line drive in the right field. Tucker comes in, can't get to it, drops in a base hit. Here comes Hanniger on to score from third. Moore with a base hit the other way. And the Mariners have the lead. Clutch base hit. It was. It was indeed. Now I thought, Demo. I, this is. I was like, all right, it's it's going your direction now. Um, With Castillo on, yeah, I really thought that too. And then here comes Jordan Alvarez. And that one's hit well, deep in the left field, and Alvarez has done it again. Oh my goodness! He has put the Astros in front. A two-run home run makes it three to two, Houston. So. Besides the first game, okay, sorry. Oh, I just have we reached the point in this guy's career, Alvarez, that he is. I mean, they, they walked him. Mm-hmm. They, service gave him a free pass mm-hmm. with a runner on first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, should have done that game one. Are, but are they are they starting to treat this guy almost like they? I mean, is he is he the up and coming Barry Bonds of the league now? Well, everything for, he touches goes like you I know four hundred feet. Maybe not. They probably wouldn't do this much during the regular season, and we saw that they really didn't. You know, he had he had his struggles uh, somewhere towards the middle of the season, but he picked it up. He 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 was fine. He had big numbers. It's just he's getting hot right now. He's hit back to back home runs. Yep. He's hot in the postseason, and yep. when you're doing that, you don't want to face that person. Regardless of who's up next, who can also beat you. And then the guy after him can beat you. You know who's got to be real mad watching this right now? Uh, Carlos Correa? Well, yeah, well, yeah of course he does. <laughs> but I think the entire Dodgers franchise, as they sit over there sipping their kale smoothies or whatever they do, because they... Kale smoothies. I don't know what they do. Are you really calling Californians like that, yeah. calling them out like that? I am. Okay. I am. It used to be wheatgrass shots. Now it's kale smoothies. It's the first thing that came to mind. I don't, like I said, I don't know what they do over there. 
Anyway, oh, um, oh, oh, the uh, the Dodgers. Uh, they someone g- from California, please call in and tell them what you do there. <laughs> <laughs> but the the Dodgers actually they had they had Jordan Alvarez, and they traded him away in 2016. For nothing. And what they got in return was a relief pitcher in Josh Field, who went eight and two out of the bullpen over two seasons. Get story over. I'm pretty sure Mariners <laughs> actually flipped Josh Fields for uh, a couple good players too a few years before that. So yep. he has been flipped quite a few times for some very good players. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Guy has an e- guy barely played any MLB uh any any sort of MLB game after that. Yep. Yep. What a what a time to be Josh Fields. I know. <laughs> uh so uh, because we had a rain delay or rain out, I should say yesterday Yankees Guardians uh, they are now playing currently playing as we speak, uh, and uh, in, actually right now looking at it in the uh, at the end of the fourth inning, it's uh, t- it's two one Yankees. Okay, and uh, John Carlos Stanton actually got the scoring off today. A drive to deep right field. This ball is gone. And now Stanton is more than pleased that he didn't draw the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I would be too. So uh, <laughs> I saw a really funny complaint on Twitter about Bob Costas's uh, broadcasting abilities, and he <clears throat> the the tweet went something like, "Oh, great, Bob Costas is uh, is doing the broadcast. It sounds like another Ken, a damn Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> I don't care what the Cleveland Spiders in 1934 did. I want to know what the 2022 Yankees are doing right now. And you know what? He's not. They're not far from from the truth there." Because Bob Costas will just like look, I love his stories. He's he's he knows a lot about baseball. Mm-hmm. But man, when he gets on a story, he just completely ignores the game yeah. and only will come in if like something big happened yeah. and just completely lose track of the game at that point. And sometimes it can be a distracting if it's not a good story. It can be a little excessive. Yeah, he's a he's a little much. That's all. So thanks to that rain out yesterday, the Yankees and the Guardians they find themselves in a situation you really almost never ever see in the postseason except for that weird 2020 season but that I, that doesn't really count we don't we don't we don't talk about that uh, so if the American League division series goes five uh, full five games they'll be required to play games on four consecutive games a day today through Monday which you know not unusual during the regular season but very unusual in the postseason so uh and it's going to require some changes you know I mean they're probably going to require a fourth starter you know, whereas they probably, uh, you know, if they had uh, days off of games one and three, they probably could have gotten through the series with just three starters. They're going to have to probably add another one now. It changes up, uh, you know, starters for game five in uh, Shane Bieber, Nestor Cortez. Neither of them are going to be able to start. They're both starting today. Nestor Cortez, by the way, with the epic mustache. Uh, it is of the year. 2022. I'm sorry. I know. A lot of these MLB stadiums are cathedrals of the past and, and whatnot, but it's time for teams to get retractable roofs on their stadiums. Couldn't so agree we more. don't have to deal with these rainouts and have these unfortunate uh, scheduling issues that come, you know, that come after that. We're the only the Mariners and the Astros are the only series that has retractable roofs. Yeah, that's so actually, we will be totally point. fine no matter what. I think TBS called it the retractable roof series. <laughs> I mean, come on! At this point, if you don't have a roof, you're not doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You're you're ruining the schedule for your fans, and you're ruining the schedule for the players because it's going to make it difficult on them. And then these fans who make time out of their day to go to, especially playoff games, a lot of a lot of people are traveling to see these 
teams play in the playoffs, and then they, you know, they maybe they only had that one day to go see it, and then they had to go home yeah. because of some rain. Get a damn roof. I've well, I've had that happen before, all the way up in Boston to see a, a Red Sox game, and I, I remember was there, that. And then yeah. it got rained out. We had to go back two months later, exactly. which was fine. I didn't mind going back, but you know, I, I, you were there. You wanted to be. It was in that moment. In that moment, I was it. I was extremely disappointed. Yeah. Very, very exactly. Disappointed. I get it. And it was an early, or, you know, early season game in April, kind of late mid uh, mid late April. So it was, it was cold and rainy. It was going to be miserable, and I would have loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I'm talking – that may, that reminds me of when the Mariners' second game of the series or second series of the of the season plays the Chicago White Sox, mm-hmm. and they let that game go while it was a, an utter downpour for two and a half innings, and that was the cause of the game because the Mariners were stuck on defense. It was absolutely pouring rain. The ball was going wherever the hell it felt like it. Yeah. The umps were just letting it happen. It's weird when it when it, it gets that sloppy in baseball and they, let, and they let it go. It's not. It's it's just it's unfair for both sides for the fans yeah. and and the players because you can't play defense when the field is a foot. You know, there's a foot of water next to you. It's just awful. Or you're standing in water. Or that ball's just gonna skip all over the place, and it did. So also on tap today, we've got uh, Braves-Phillies game three at 3.30, and then Dodgers-Padres game three at 7.30 tonight. Uh, so uh, how do you like, the, how do you like this uh, Yankees-Guardians game going? I, I, I still think that it's going to be Yankees. I don't know if they'll sweep, but I'm still it's going to be tough with this new schedule because there's no off day now that you know, maybe one of the teams will – maybe the yeah. Yankees could point you know, flunt the change, blunder one game. But changes the dynamic yeah, a bit. I'd say Yankees in three or four. It's going to be the Yanks. Phillies Braves game three. I think the Braves are going to figure it out. Okay. I think I think they're the they're just the better team. The Phillies team is good, but they're not the Braves. The Braves are probably going to go to the World Series. I think I, that's that's what I think. So I, yeah, I don't know over the, the Dodgers. I huh? think so. Yeah, that's that's a bold take. Well, the 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 Phillies took a game from the Braves, and I'm sure they're not going to be too thrilled about that. And that may be a little fire little fire underneath them. I like to the, just sweep everyone else. I like the Phillies tonight just because uh, I mean, for the first time in uh, since what the the Roy Halladay days, the uh, Citizens Bank Park is going to host a. I still remember game. he threw a no hitter on his first tonight, playoff game. Today. Roy Holiday, R.I.P. to that man. I know. Uh, and then last last one, Dodgers Padres tonight. Who do you like on that one? Dodgers. Yeah, me too. Look, it'll be Dodgers in three, and then they're going to lose in five to the Braves. Okay. All right. Bold Bank picks. It. Bold picks indeed. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm I'm jacked up for all the other series right now. So. Little college football talk on the way here in the bullpen and the Big 12 looking at divisionless football scheduling formats. Huh. Yeah. Oh, give us a call. Let's talk about it. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome hey. back. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Final edition of the Friday. It's Friday. Final segment of the Friday edition of the bullpen. It is so Friday, isn't it? It's Friday. Friday. You sound like that 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 uh, ref the other day. It, it was uh, I can't remember what game it was. Some football NFL game. I don't know over Sunday, and he was, or maybe it was Monday night. I don't know. Anyway, his voice cracked like that. And oh he, no! And he sounded terrified. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it was after he, he made a bad Everybody's call. Everybody's voice still cracks. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. Either intentionally or not, it still happens. Yep. It's not just a puberty thing. 
So imagine a world in which the University of Texas plays a conference game at Houston or Cincinnati hosts Oklahoma in a league affair. Okay. And a scheduling model expected to be adopted by the Big 12. These are distinct possibilities. The league's finalizing a future scheduling format that features no divisions. It protects long-standing rivalries and includes Texas and Oklahoma in the 23 and 24 seasons. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, didn't we assume that it was going to be 25, that they actually go to the, the, to the SEC? Well, I, I think 24, 25. O- officially 25 is when it, it's supposed to be, I believe. But there's speculation yeah. it could be as early as 24. Well, I mean, look, Texas and Oklahoma is still part of the Big 12. So any sort of future scheduling is still going to have to put them on there before the 2025 season regardless because that was when it was uh, supposed to be. It was 25 or 26. So I just I, I think anything that you see for future Big 12 is still going to have their names on it because they still technically are part of the Big 12. Well, conference executives have agreed to the temporary two-year format during meetings earlier this week in Dallas. Uh, this according to Sports Illustrated. They haven't officially adopted the model and they're still finalizing details But uh, for months now, Big 12 officials have been engrossed in pretty deep discussions about scheduling formats for 23 and 24 uh, when the conference swells to 14 members with the addition of Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston. So the targeted format, in this targeted format, conference members will continue playing nine league games in a divisionless model with the top two teams advancing to a championship game. Uh, The two-year format set up for each team to play uh, all others at least once. Historic rivalries expected to be preserved on an annual basis uh, with teams having permanent opponents. So matchups not yet official, but, you know, expect Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, Baylor, you know, stuff so like that. So everyone's following the baseball guideline now. Yeah, it sounds because like Because baseball it, right? doesn't really need divisions now either because everyone's playing everyone next, right. starting next season. It's very incestuous. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, let's see here. So the Big 12 is going to drop from 14 to 12 teams when Oklahoma and Texas leave. So you're saying they're actually going to be – the Big 12. 12. 12 in the Big 12. How about that? Right. Uh, so this is scheduled for 2025. A lot of people, though, believe it's going to happen in 2024. Yeah, I mean, they can easily update the schedule and fix it when they remove those two teams. They can they can still make it work. I'm sure they already have contingency plans in place ready when those two teams leave before the 2025 season. They already owe $80 million each for this exit. Leaving a year early would require them to pay a cumulative estimated price tag of more than $100 million. I think that's a, that's a very uh, doable price for them yeah. because of how much money they're going to make in the SEC. Yeah, I think they're going to be it's just fine. It's going to be just fine for all sides. I was just going to say, everybody's going to be fine. The Big yeah. 12's going to be fine. will be fine. No matter what, you guys aren't going to pull down as much as the SEC. It's just not. Yeah. But, hey. You're going to be yeah. the Big 10 eventually. You're going to be the Big 12 with 10 teams. No, I guess they will be 12. They'll be the Big when 14 they leave, with- when they leave. So yeah, they're going to be fine. They can figure it out. They probably already have that plan in place. Yeah, yeah. So something to watch out for, though. Possibility there, very likely. It sounds like like it sounds like it's going to do that. I like all. I mean, why do we need divisions? I don't get it. Just let everyone play everyone. Why does it have to be a big deal? Honestly, well, am I overthinking it? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I mean, for me personally, the only argument that I would ever, I would ever consistently make, and I have uh, many times before. Is I've just never been a fan of interleague playing baseball. I I felt the National League American League division between the two, not the divisions, but like the divide. Yes, between the two, the, uh, rule, the different rules and everything. Right. It it made it just for a a, a special game mm-hmm. on the rare moment 
in late October when the two teams actually, the two leagues actually met. Now, I also understand all of the many benefits that come along with interleague play, divisionless play. There are tons of them, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to find a whole lot of guys like me who are just stuck in the old ways who who just won't like it. I but think. now you're like, so you're going to like next season, starting next season when everybody plays everyone. I didn't say that. Okay. I I, I just said I. But but I'm asking you, do you prefer that then? No, I I I mean I I think I I probably would go ahead and just stick with the old divisions. But at the same time, I don't really. When it comes I mean, to football, still I don't really divisions. care all that much about the divisions. They're still keeping so, the divisions in baseball. It's just everyone plays everyone. Which which means it, it doesn't really matter. It, exactly. Right. The divisions don't matter. And I, I want the divisions to matter. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, so. Maybe they'll, maybe, maybe they'll figure out something to, to make it so you, you need to win your division. I mean, you still have to win your division. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't, I don't know. know. It just it just feels like it takes away something. Sure. Okay. I, I'm re- I'm really excited to to see teams that I never get to see. Oh, so, I'm, I'm sure. Right? Going to Wrigley Field more. Maybe I can actually plan a trip there every year to go to Wrigley. You know, watch my Mariners play because they play them every year. They're gonna play the Cubs every year. Yeah, we haven't, we rarely play the Cubs. Please just say make, sure, make sure you beat them whenever you play them. Just do that for me. Fair enough. I'll ask. Happy to do beat that them for you. you. No problem. Uh, so was the was the uh, win over Oklahoma? UT's win over Oklahoma this past weekend was that the best win over the in the Red River Showdown ever? In history, mm, I wouldn't say it was the best. I would say it was fun. Would we be six better a- games are when they're close? Okay, you know, and they're they're both really good teams. Well, well, not the best game, the best win. Mm. Okay, I'm not a ca- I, I'm not I'm not a fan of either team per se in that in that aspect. So I could I would, could say yes, but I'd be lying. Would we be six and zero were Quinn Ewers not to have gotten hurt? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I ask is because there are some survey results out from Burn Orange Nation. Uh, and uh, when asked if, uh, if the Longhorns' 49 nothing route over Oklahoma was the greatest win in the rivalry, 66% of Texas fans think this was the best win ever over Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, best win ever. Best win ever. I know. Against, I can- a, against a trash defense and a second string quarterback. I think, I think people are looking more at just the, the wide gulf between the 49 and the goose egg. Okay. Not looking at as technically as you might. Yeah, no, I know. And that was like when Washington finally broke the streak against Oregon and beat them 71 to 24. It was sweet regardless. Yeah, yeah. Now, 90% of people polled in the survey say they do believe that the Longhorns would be undefeated were Quinn Ewers to remain healthy this entire season. I saw there's there's, there's an account on Twitter that actually does those projections of what if. Yeah. What if Quinn Ewers stuck around or it was was never got hurt? What if this happened and this happened? I actually saw if that was the what if. If Quinn Ewers was the starting quarterback for all six, five or six games, they would be six and zero and the number one team in the country. I I mean there there is absolutely an argument to be made for that. I don't know about number one in the country because they still- would that that would be the projections of where they be, because they would have beaten Bama. Who was oh, well, number one actually, at the time? You know what? And then if you keep yeah. winning, you're not unless you're you know unless you have a bad game and yeah. Georgia has a better game, it'll be flip flop. My but. brain completely spaced on the fact that they played Bama this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd be so number you're one. Right. You're right. That's a good I point. even saw my little team number four six and zero, but they're not. They're they're not. They're unranked four. Unranked. No. <laughs> That's okay. There's always next year. It's great. There's always yeah. next year. Uh, it's not over yet, my guy. All right, there's still plenty of season to go. Look, it okay. might as well be okay. It's th- we're talking about the Pac-12 here, all right? I know. Anything can happen. That stupid conference. Nobody cares, though. I know. Nobody cares about I the care. Pac-12. I care. I know. Nobody cares. W- 
East of the Cascades, nobody cares about the Pac-12. You think? <laughs> yeah, we know that. Actually, one team does. The Cougs. Don't forget about your Cougs. My Cougs. I guess they're not your Cougs. Yeah. You're the Eagles. Uh, War Eagles. So uh, the Texas Longhorns and that 49-0 Red River shutout uh, marked really the first monumental. You could, I think that's an accurate statement. Monumental win over uh, of the Sark era. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a sweet victory for all fans who hate big Oklahoma. Big win, big moment, lots to celebrate. Come Monday morning, forget about it. It's past. Forget about it. Things are changed. They're now four and two halfway through the season. Um, very good chance Texas really could be uh, finished just outside the playoff bracket, looking looking just on the outside and looking in. But they've got one big challenge ahead of them now, and that is consistency. Maintaining that consistency. In comes. Arguably the best defense in the Big 12 right now mm-hmm. in Iowa State. And this is a big one. Sark's not taking them lightly, and I, I would hope the rest of the Longhorns are taking them lightly because that 0-3 conference record may be a little bit skewed. Yeah, a little deceptive because I think, uh, I, I can't remember, I don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere right in this ballpark of, all of the losses come, I think, combined for a total of 11 points total that they've lost by in those three conference games. And they haven't given up many points either. Right. So this is no slouch of a team, but neither is this Longhorn team. So Correct. consistency, that's going to be huge for a lot of reasons, especially, I think, for the psyche of this Longhorn team. You consistently win, you get yourself, you reel off three in a row, and now you're starting to feel good about things. Look, say you put up 25, 30 points on Saturday against this team in a win. That means you are legit. I don't care. I, I know that in retrospect that's not a whole lot, but when you're putting that up against one of the best defenses in the Big 12, I'd say you're going to be feeling pretty good after this. After that. Yeah. Now, it's, gonna, it's not, not going to get a lot easier for UT from here either. Uh, their final six opponents include four top 20 teams, uh, Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, and Kansas, and they own a collective 26-7 and seven record right now. The weak link is coming this weekend with arguably the best defense. So, I mean, this is not an easy end stretch for these Longhorns by any, uh, by any means. But uh, It's all about confidence. Consistency is key here. And uh, they just got to keep playing their game, and they're going to be just fine, Yeah, honestly. And yeah. stay healthy. Play within your you what you know what you what you know what you're doing, and you're going to be just fine because you are a good team. You are lead. You are in it. You are a legit team. I can talk. <laughs> we know what you're saying. Yes, we know what you were getting at there. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, apparently, this week Arch Manning's been trying to uh, encourage Westlake product and OU commit Colton Vasek to quote just stay home. I love it, as he puts. That's it. That's great, and he'll be in town this weekend yeah. too. Yeah, he took, uh, he took to Instagram on, uh, with this story. He tagged Vasek in it, and he just says, you could always just stay home. So it's pretty clear that even if Quinn Ewers is here next season, Arch Manning is going to be just fine. Yeah, Arch he'll be, be He'll be happy. Well, there's concern that if Quinn Ewers stays, Arch might transfer because he won't be able to start right away, which I wouldn't have expected him to start right away anyway, honestly. I, I don't either, and I don't see any reason to believe that he has any I mean, look, I don't give him the red shirt. I don't, I don't live let him learn brain, behind I, Quinn. Based on everything that I've heard him say, stuff that Eli Manning was saying earlier this week, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be would be so surprised if Arch decided, ah, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, if he doesn't get to start right away. Yeah, I don't think so at all. 
Um, I think that was always the plan. I think that was probably part of the recruiting process. Hey, you may not get to start your first year, and that's okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to learn from the best. Yep, yep. Now, if, if if UT wants any chance at flipping this this Vasek kid, I mean, they're going to have to really continue working hard. He's a four-star prospect. He'd fill us a pretty significant uh, need in the Longhorns recruiting class there. You know, he's an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know. Has he committed anywhere? OQ, Did OU. I miss that? Okay, it was OU. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. After this week, you never know. I, I know. I will see. We will see indeed. Hey, just stay home. Texas is great. It's warmer here. Just stay home. It is. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yes, indeed. It's a great place. So, uh, you excited about this weekend's slate of games, Brandon? Um, I'm excited about doing ACL this weekend. That's what I'm excited about. Got a, a quick update here on the Yankees Guardians game. Uh-oh. Uh End fifth, tied up at two. Okay. As the uh, the Guardians have have come back to tie this ball game. I'm I wouldn't be sad if the Guardians moved on. I just don't see it happening. Oh, I wouldn't be sad by any stretch I'd if be the surprised. Yankees just went home after this. Yeah. Bye. But that's not happening. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, I still, I, I, I'm picking the Yankees to pull this one out today, and I pick the Yankees to win tomorrow as well to close Amen. out the sweep. And we'll say goodbye to y'all. Yeah, don't forget, kickoff tomorrow, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Here at, uh, in Austin, UT and Iowa State. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a. I'm gonna say it's a 24 to, 24 to uh, 10. 24 10. 24 10 victory over Iowa State. Uh, that's 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 not a bad pick. You know, I I, I was thinking uh, maybe along the lines 24 17, but I think I I don't think this is a good Iowa State offense. So I think this 10. is a much better Texas defense. So yeah, I'd say 10, 10 right. points. Cool. Well, we will see. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum's up next, and we'll see you on Monday. See ya.